Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. So, we were going to record an episode of Shit They Do Not Tell You About today but unfortunately um our favorite co-host nikki got sick and her voice is shot she does not sound herself and it hurts to talk so um unfortunately but fortunately we are going to treat your ears with um what many consider a classic episode of shit they do not tell you what about podcast which is of course the nicholas cage episode so Please enjoy. Nicholas Cage has a new movie out um, about, you know, it's a very um, third person uh, satirical view of the way we all see him. And that way that we all see him is definitely reflected in this episode. So please enjoy. Hello, welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You. I'm Nikki Limo. Hi, what's up? My this name is my Steve beautiful Green. husband, Steve Green. Thank you. This is the last episode of the year. Hey, happy new year, everybody. I can't believe we're, we're here already. We made it. We made it through the holidays, made it through Christmas times. That's crazy. We, we made it through your, your drunk dad, you know, talking too loud That's in your crazy. face with beer breath. Yeah. We made it through all of that. You subscribed you. Me? Hey? You. You're that. I'm that guy? You're my drunk dad. Am I? <laughs> yeah. Do I, I do that? With, well, if you've had a, if you had too many, but I like beer breath. I'm a weirdo. Yeah, you do. You like that. Yeah. 
I don't also, really like drink beer very much. Tequila breath is yeah, more yeah, yeah. That's, likely. That's what you get from Steve, me. Steve, yeah. yeah. I like all alcohol breath. I'm weird. Yeah, you're weirdo. So, um, <laughs> yeah, everybody, we wanted to give you guys a very special episode because you guys are a very special audience. Yeah. And we appreciate you guys listening over the past year. Well, the, yeah, the past it's like, what, nine months. Nine months, yeah. yeah. So we're all Thank pretty you. close. So we wanted to, I wanted to get a little closer to you guys and reveal. Something close to Steve's heart. Yeah, it's just something that's very personal for me, which is yeah. um, the life and works of Nicolas Cage. Who's so I the think, shit that they don't tell you about Nicolas Cage? That's what this is. The yeah. shit they don't tell you about Nicolas Cage. And they really don't, because no. nobody's told me anything about Nicolas Cage. Well, you haven't been paying attention, I think. No, um, you're right, but I don't pay attention to my taxes either and I, and my credit score and all that stuff that they don't tell me about. Well, Nicolas Cage is definitely something you should be getting in the mail, I think, every year. Like taxes, because I think that I think that the um, he has mastered the art of not giving a fuck like you. Um, you know how you're into that idea. Right. I'm into the idea because I so much give a fuck like mm. I so like I don't want to. But yes. I but I really can't stop giving a fuck. And so before everyone just writes this off, it's a big bit. And like, oh, what a bit. Steve's doing a bit. The whole show's a bit. Steve would never do a bit. How dare you guys? I would never do a bit for he the whole show. He would never ever do a bit. Never. And that's He's a very serious man. And that's what I'm trying to say is that Nicholas like the the way that he has conducted himself throughout his career mm-hmm. in uh like cuz he started as a Coppola. I mean, he was yes. literally in Fast Times at Ridgemont High and he was Nicholas Coppola. Right. But then he was upset because a bunch of the um people were like you're only Famous or successful because you're a Coppola. Yeah, and he was getting treated like that on set. Yeah. He's like, "Fuck this! I don't want to experience this anymore. I am going to be Nicolas Cage," which he named because he's a big comic book fan. So he renamed himself Nicolas Cage after the comic book character Luke Cage, which now is like a known thing. But back then, nobody fucking knew anything about Luke Cage. Like maybe a like the nerd with the most stained shirt at the co- comic book store like knew about Luke Cage. Like ain't nobody know Luke Cage. That's like when fucking Guardians of the Galaxy came out. Remember that? And I remember going to the movie theater and people, and I remember he, overhearing people being like, oh yeah, like it's not like the comic book. And I'm like, you didn't read the fucking Guardians of the Galaxy comic book, bro. Yeah. Like you don't even know what the shit that was. Nobody knew what Guardians of the Galaxy was, what it was until it came out. Didn't Emilio Estevez change his name too? Yeah, to the Mighty Ducks man. Yeah, yeah, he sure did. Because he, him and Charlie Sheen are related? Is yeah, he's right? a Sheen. Yeah. He's a Sheen, yeah. He's a full-blown Sheen. But he's like, I'm going to lean more Which into is less this fun to say now. You used to be able to say full-blown Sheen, and that was a lot of fun, but now it's not much fun, <laughs> thanks to Charlie's exploits. Jesus, Charlie. Uh, but I assume it was a mistake, so we're all rooting for Charlie. Yeah. Um, but no, but, my, but my, my point is that, so that he started as a Coppola. How much more seriously could a human being start as an actor on this planet than as a Coppola, Maybe bro? as a Streep. Yeah, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. But her daughter does some fun stuff, kind of, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, this this guy has gone the full Monty, right? Like, he, he started doing, like, um, he was in some pretty legit movies, right? Like, he's been in a ton. Um, but now where he's at, mostly through, you know, about of, I would say, terrible mortgage decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them yeah, yeah terrible terrible did he own like timing five, he owns like four, four castles or something he had two two castles yeah yeah and he had properties all over the world uh-huh. he, he had a pet shark <laughs> guys a, <laughs> guys a fucking legend right like yeah he, he had uh he had two pet albino rattlesnakes wow 
Yeah, I mean, this guy's an absolute psychopath, right? He can't just have one of something, huh? No. Just have like. Well, he has one shark. Oh, okay. In respect from him. For now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get that right. But yeah, so, so, but for him to be where he's at right now, I think mostly through financial ruin, um, it has really softened him so that he's not being like a, like Mr. Serious, wannabe serious actor anymore. And now he's more cage like. He's become the Nick Cage that we all know because he started so serious, I think. But this happened. This didn't just happen when he went into financial ruin. Basically, this, yeah, this it did. Before that, no, no, no. Like before like, that, like he was like the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Was that before? Was I mean, that, that was kind of during. <laughs> okay. Yeah, kind of in the middle of so. it. Yeah, but then he, you know, because he was in, he was in like you know, raising Arizona and all this like super dope stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then later on, he was doing like not long after that, he was in, he was in The Rock with Sean Connery's. Okay. Right. Then he was all the Sean Connerys. Right. Then he was doing um, a little famously known movie. Maybe you ever heard of it called Face Off. I've heard of it. Yeah, yes. a fucking one of the greatest films ever made. People take their face off. No, Face Off is about a cop who <laughs> he's <laughs> so this guy he this terrorist <laughs> killed his son. Right. Okay. And Face Off is about a cop who's like. I'm going to get fucking revenge on this dude. This guy is the worst dude in the world. So he's like, uh, he's like, I'm going to get this son of a bitch, right? It's really personal. And then he um, he basically gets his man. He gets he captures the terrorist. But then, like, there's an accident that happens. And so then um, they, they find out that the terrorist has planted a bomb that's going to destroy Los Angeles if he doesn't get the information about where the bomb is. But Nicolas Cage is dead. At this point, or so he thinks. So John this, Travolta. Are these spoilers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should give a spoiler warning. It's a 1997 warning. movie. I think it'll be okay. Well, I've never seen it. Well, it's a classic film. Even if, look, that's like saying like, hey, Shakespeare, uh, Romeo and Juliet is about like, you know, they fall in love and then they drink the poison. It's still a beautiful story, even if you already know. Okay. Right. Okay. So in Face Off, <clears throat> he has to find out where the bomb is. But like John Travolta has to find out where the bomb is because he's a good guy. But Nicolas Cage is unconscious. And so he's like, well, shit, how do we get to find out where the bomb is from his brother, they capture the terrorist brother, if we don't, because he won't talk to us. He will only talk to his brother. So then John Travolta does a high-risk, very controversial procedure. Where he puts the brother's face on Nicolas Cage? No. He puts Nicolas Cage's face on John Travolta. (laughs) John Travolta takes Nicolas Cage's face. Yeah. And then he talks to the brother about where the bomb is. But while he's talking to the brother about where the bomb is, Nicolas Cage wakes up from his unconsciousness. And what does he do? He takes John Travolta's face because he's super freaking ripped about how uh, John Travolta took his face. He's like, hey, where's my face? And they're like, well, sorry, somebody else is using it right now. Wait, so John Travolta's face is just laying around somewhere? Yeah. What? Yeah. (laughs) Well, because he took his face off, so that yeah, he could, yeah, yeah. But like, is it movie title. Does it have bacteria on it? <laughs> I'm so confused. Well, I'm sure. So it's just laying, been laying there for a couple months. It's been no, it's no, 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 not months. Like for a couple days or whatever. But oh, yeah, it's just been days. chilling. Just but, days. Uh, but it's under, you know, it's in, it's in like a secured little thing of glass or something. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, that's my bad. Yeah. So then he takes Nicolas Cage's face. All right. John Travolta now is Nicolas Cage, and then Nicolas Cage is now John Travolta. Got it. So for the rest of the movie, you're like, oh shit, 
Nicolas Cage is doing an impression of John Travolta. And you're like, oh, shit, John Travolta is doing an impression of Nicolas Cage, and he's doing pretty good. Huh. It's a hell of a movie. Wait, but I won't if they tell you just, how it ends. If they just took the faces off, like, what, do they have the same exact body type in this movie? I mean, pretty much. They're both wearing suits. Oh, so you can't really tell? <laughs> they were both wearing boxy 90s suits, so yeah. You can't tell at all. <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's probably no mistake on the wardrobe's part. Like, But this movie was, I think, directed by John Woo. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's directed by John Woo or or something like that. Yeah. But it's a dope-ass movie. Okay. And um, that was one of the earlier like nine, 1990s movies of Nick yes. Cage, right? So then later on, he's doing, yeah, it's a John Woo film. Thank you. A John Woo, a John Woo joint. Got it. I never doubted you. Thank you. And and so so then um you know Nicholas Cage's doing pretty good. He's like, fuck, I'm making forty million a year. He's like, yeah, I think I'm kicking absolute ass at this thing called life, right? I mean, this cat's like, this cat's like buying. Now he's buying castles, castles. right? Now he's buying horses. Horses. Many horses. That's it's an S in there. What is it? It's H O R S. Yeah, he's buying yeah. as many horses as he can get his that's hands on. Not, that's not multiple, okay. multiple horses, right? So then, and then he's buying. I'm telling you, this this cat bought a Lamborghini Countach. What's that? Beautiful. Oh no, he bought a. It would, no, it was a. It was a. Did he a have Countach. like four Ferraris? Oh yeah, I mean his Ferraris had Ferraris. Yeah. Yeah. No, he had a Lamborghini Mira, which is a super okay. rare, uh, four hundred thousand dollar vehicle. Oh. That he bought from the fucking Shah of Iran. Is it- I mean, this cat was killing it. Uh huh. That's what I'm saying. Like forty million a year. Imagine what you could do with forty million a year. I can't. Yeah. Well, only two people pretty much know what that's like: Nicolas Cage and another man. Only two people. Well, yeah, and another man. Well, no, no, no. Only two people only two have two ever people had forty million dollars. Only two people who are famous actors. What? Keanu Reeves. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Keanu Reeves is very humble. Look at his net worth. Keanu Reeves lives out of motels and shit. Keanu Reeves is very famous. He basically lives out of a guitar suitcase. So he, so that's his reality of what forty million is like. No, no, no. You're not listening to me. Okay, let me further your. You don't know what it's like to make forty million dollars uh-huh. and go. I have to spend this money. <laughs> okay, that's see, that's the missing part. Yeah, Keanu okay. Reeves doesn't do this Got shit. It. Well, that was the part you were missing. Oh, no, Keanu Reeves. You said is... that only two actors know what forty million dollars is no, like. Keanu Reeves is a, a pauper. He's a nomad. Yes. You know, he, yeah, he's making killer money, but Nicolas Cage and Johnny Depp, they both make that much money, and they're like, I got to spend this fucking $40 million. Yeah, Johnny Depp has, like, islands. Exactly. Yeah. And guess who else had islands? Nick Cage. That's what I I'm saying. There's only two people who really had the same experience. I see. Were the same both... experience with the $40 million. Well, well, where they're both just crushing no, the No, I earth. understand you now. Yeah, and okay. people are fucking, yeah. like, you can go to any Japanese restaurant, and, like, everyone starts clapping when you get there. Like, Is that even... what you would do? Yeah, of course. Well, dude, did you know that Kevin Spacey used to go into restaurants and people would get up and applause and shit? No. Just because he's alive? Just because no. he was a good actor? You know what I mean? Can you imagine what that's like? No. But like, but why I say Japanese restaurant is because he could go into a place where he normally wouldn't have been recognized, Because, but he's an international star. Right. And they would all fucking clap because that's the kind of guy. Wow. The kind of fame. Okay. Right. So when you got that kind of money, you, you're, you're willing to deal in that kind of bread? Yeah. Yeah, you make some mistakes. You know what I mean? You, <laughs> yeah, you buy you buy a lot of mortgage, a, a lot of mortgages during the peak of the bubble. Like this cat bought Nicholas Cage bought all these houses that we're talking about, mm-hmm. like in two thousand nine and shit. Wait, that's on the peak of the or bubble. No, I'm sorry, in uh, like two thousand seven. Two thousand seven, yeah. 
Yeah, because I was going to say 2009, he, he bought at the right up, time. He was buying them up to that point. So he was just like loading properties. Right. And then, of course, when the bubble burst, he's like, he's like, what the fuck do you mean I got to go do Wicker Man? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they're like, hey, bro, yeah, like you're, I mean, uh, you're on the lam for, first of all, the IRS is like, you owe six milli. For, yeah. for 2006 or whatever, or 2009. And and so he he basically was L-fucked, and he felt very L-fucked. Did he file for bankruptcy? I think so. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't have I that information It was in front something, of me. like, pretty drastic. He, he, de- a, he definitely had to sell his castle. He filed for career that. bankruptcy, I think. <laughs> because he basically just started saying yes. He, like, literally, famously, um, if you call the Nicolas Cage number yeah. to book him for a, a feature, yeah. Um. He immediately answers and just in a hurried, huffed voice says yes. So what happened to Robert De Niro going from like Taxi and Godfather and stuff to wait not Taxi was he in Taxi? Yeah, of course. Okay, uh, to to meet the Fockers. Not Taxi, the show. Right. Yeah. Um, what happened to? I always get mixed up with him and and. Um, Christopher Lloyd. No. Uh. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> the the you know the other. The other guy in Taxi? Yeah, uh, yeah, Bob like, Newhart? Who the fuck was no, that? No, no. <laughs> the guy, other guy in Godfather. Oh. Yeah. Oh, the, really? The other, what's With his name? Marlon Brando? What the fuck is his name? He's so Brando, super Pacino? famous. Pacino. Oh, Al Pacino. I always get them mixed up. So, like, sometimes I'll say a movie that Al Pacino was in and it, and it was really De Niro or something. A couple yeah. times you'd be right because they're both being. Right, right, right. Exactly. So, anyway, mm-hmm. now he's doing Meet the Fockers and all that. So, what's his I think ca- it's the same kind of shit story? where, like, I think that. Um, Love of money is a very powerful drug. It's, it's either love of money or that they are done, you know, it's, it's really emotionally draining playing those yeah. huge serious oh, roles. Yeah. That sometimes you just want something fucking light and fun. Sometimes you're Halle Berry and you're like, you know what? I just did Monsters Ball. I'm going to do the Flintstones. And now I'm, no, I'm doing Catwoman. Oh. And then I'll in, do Flintstones later. <laughs> she was in Flintstones first. Oh, she was? Yeah. My bad. Well, dude, she did Catwoman. You remember that fucking dumpster fire? I didn't watch it. Oh, I saw that in the in the theater. We didn't bro. watch a lot of movies when I was growing up. Well, let me tell you like, something we couldn't about afford that movie. To go to the theater. Sharon Stone was the bad guy in that movie. Yeah, and I was rooting for Sharon Stone just because it was funny. Because <laughs> because everything Halle Berry did was very melodramatic, and it was like mm-hmm. she was acting in like a, a Mexican soap opera or something. It was yeah. very very strange. Who else played terms. Catwoman? Melanie Griffith? Well, no, was it? Um, the first cat. I think it was somebody who was in Taxi. Who else was in Taxi? Mo Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. 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 I liked that. She one. was hella good she at was Catwoman. So good. But Nicolas Cage famously um, was almost Superman as well. Oh, and I, I must not be that famous because I didn't know that. Well, there's a movie called the De- The Death of Superman Lives. What happened? Which basically chronicles the entire saga of Tim Burton's failed Superman project, mm-hmm. and Nicolas Cage was going to be Kal El. Oh. And he even named his son Kal El because he was. He's a super huge Superman fan. Obviously, he's oh, a comic book fan. Oh, what a bummer fan. to not actually get it then. Well, he basically, he had it, actually. Uh-huh. And then they, they did some test um, stuff of him in the suit. So you, you can see footage of Nicolas Cage in a Superman suit huh. with like what I would, I don't know what else to call it, like Ludwig Be- Beethoven hair. Mm-hmm. Like fucking nutty ass. I could picture it. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. it was pretty bizarre. Yeah. Because in the 90s, Superman had kind of longer shoulder length hair. Oh. Yeah, because Rachel was super popular on Friends, and I think they were like, oh, we can capitalize on some of this popularity if we throw fucking Rachel hair on Superman. I'm not even kidding. I don't even know what they were thinking, because he basically <laughs> had like this full-blown do. Huh. 
in the nineties. Very strange. Okay. But yeah. So then. Uh, so he didn't get to. He didn't get to be because Tim Burton. Um, basically, the 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 studio and Tim Burton couldn't quite get right on it, I and see. so it kind of fell apart. Okay. Very sad. Very sad. And unfortunate. And was he, his son already born, Kalel? Yeah, he already had his oh, son named Kalel. He was a, he's a big Superman fan his whole life, so he was already super into Superman. I see. Thank you. Okay. Um, but yeah, he was buying exotic cars. He's buying motorcycles. He's loading up on luxury yachts, right? He had one called Sarita. It cost $20 million. Sarita? <laughs> yeah, so imagine you, you made $40 million yeah. in a year, and you're like, I'm going to spend $20 million of that right now on a fucking yacht on a 20 bedroom yacht damn exactly why because i'm telling you i don't know it's like you think you're like i i i made it this yeah. is gonna be every year i'm getting 40 million every year no matter right. the fuck what I, i've done it so now i'm gonna fucking live like it yeah All, right and and so that's why nicholas cage is in 17 directed dvd movies a year now because he <laughs> Got a lot of overhead. Just so what, what are your, some of your favorites? My favorite um, right now is called Mandy. And I'm going to play a clip from the Mandy right now, actually. Okay. And you, I think you guys will really enjoy this. So this is, so uh, a lot of people love Nicolas Cage because they love Nicolas Cage freakouts. And I, I actually don't appreciate the way that people talk about a Nicolas Cage freakout because they, mm -hmm. they don't respect the Lee Strasberg method that he is utilizing during his freak out, which is an animalistic acting technique, mm -hmm. and it is not something that should be mocked and made fun of, which a lot of people do. <laughs> well, you're laughing right now, and I think that's just the way you're describing it. I've never seen. I don't know what you're referencing. Well, do you so. do? You, uh, are you do you do you take acting classes? I did. No, yeah. no, I understand. Yeah, you do you know what the no, Lee Strasberg? No, I'm not. Technique? I don't know the reference of Nick Cage using this technique. I, I haven't seen Nicolas Cage doing it you haven't seen Nicolas Cage freakout videos no I've only seen like Suzy Q and um like Ghost Rider those are like the two well, Ghost Rider has some famous freakouts okay. like there's one of them there's I'll play one of them if okay. you want to hear it yeah where he's talking about the writer remember. the writer's here and the writer's Are you sure that was the first one it might be the second, second one, one Spirit of Vengeance because I only saw the first one okay well I'm gonna play this freakout this Nicolas Cage going crazy and Mandy clip okay. but what I want people to understand, and, and if you laugh at this, right. you should really feel bad about yourself because he's util utilizing a very famous acting technique founded by Lee Strasberg. This is an animalistic acting technique, uh -huh. and this is it. Animalistic. Right now. So that, thank you, Nicholas. And that, so that was. Um, What's this movie about? That's a clip from Mandy. Yeah. What's that about? So Mandy is a film, a feature film that is about um, a man and his wife, and they live in the woods, hmm. and he uh, works uh, at an oil refinery, and he's almost like a, um, he's just a blue collar guy, blue collar John, right? Yeah. So his his wife um, gets kidnapped by uh, a gang of mutant motorcycle uh, bandits. And Nicolas Cage um, finds her, and they they basically burned her to death. Yeah, they killed her, and then they burned her body. Is this a spoiler? Yeah, yeah, it's a major Jesus. spoiler. That's a big spoiler. You should, uh, <laughs> you should give some spoiler warnings. 
Yeah, that's a joke. So that's a big spoiler, guys. All right. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So then Nicolas Cage, uh-huh. right? He decides to get revenge after having been captured himself. Yes. Because he, he he and his wife both got captured, right? I got it. And then he finds that she got burned, and then he stays alive. Mm-hmm. And they basically like tie him up with barbed wire, and they leave him. And then he finds his wife's body, and then he decides he's going to go get the motorcycle mutant ban- bandits. You would do that for me. Hell yeah, I would. And, and But he decides to do it because he goes back into his cabin. Yeah. And he finds some of his Jack Daniels um, whiskey, which is his favorite whiskey. Mm-hmm. And he... How do you get out of the barbed wire? Um, he had to like basically like pull his fingers through it and shit. It was pretty visceral. Yeah, and then um, so then he he starts drinking the whiskey while sitting on the toilet in his tidy whities because he takes off his jeans because his jeans are very bloodied. And then he starts to utilize this uh, animalistic Lee Strasberg acting technique um, while he's drinking whiskey. He starts screaming. And then he keeps drinking whiskey and screaming. And then there's a couple points where he gargles and screams. And then he just starts going like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, ah, ah. And he starts breaking shit. Mm-hmm. And which I assume they got in one take mm-hmm. because it's not a very expensive film. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just a really, I thought, powerful acting scene. And by the way, this movie did very well for Nicolas Cage. Okay. So Nicolas Cage, we all expect to, you're, you know, you say the name and maybe some people laugh out there and that's too bad. Like you say the name Nicolas Cage and to some people out there, they start laughing already and that's too bad. My mom makes a face. She goes, oh. Yeah, see? And so then I was like, oh, I guess I won't watch Nick Cage movies. We like, know what I do when, since I was younger, my mom's always been like, oh, Nick Cage. And you, you know what I do when people do that? <laughs> what? I get right up in their face and I'm like, have you ever heard of Lee fucking Strasberg? And my mom would be like, no. And I'm like, well, you should have some a little bit of goddamn respect for the for the craft. And my mom would be like, let's go try some craft beers at this place down the street that I found. And I would <laughs> respectfully decline. No, you wouldn't. I would probably go with. <laughs> yeah, but I would try to explain. <laughs> yeah. Maybe soften her heart. Right over the craft beers. Over the craft beers. Yeah. Yeah. So, so famously, so this movie actually did really well. So we're really we're actually excited about what Nicolas Cage is going to do next because this movie was directed by an acclaimed director. Mm-hmm. Um, one of, the, I would say, the better directors that Nicolas Cage has worked with I mean, in the past that? decade. Um, he's a guy who, you had never heard of him, but he did this movie called, um, oh God, I can't remember the name, Black something, Black... Swan? No, something, I can't remember what it's called, but it was like, re- uh, it got a cult following. Okay. You probably never heard of it, even if I say what it's called, mm-hmm. but I never saw it, but it had a cult following, and so a lot of people were super stoked on Mandy Gotcha. because of that, and because of the way that Mandy was shot, and it had a lot of style to it, and it was pretty cool. So Nicolas Cage also had a pet crocodile. Okay. <laughs> wow. You know so he had a shark and the crocodile? Yeah. And, and it's separate tanks, hopefully? Well, I, I think, because, uh, and I want to play a quick quote real quick, Mark, if we, we're going to have this uh, clip ready. Um, so there's a quote that I want to play. And it's about Nicolas Cage um, talking about animals because I think that what Nicolas Cage owned as far as like the animals that he cultivated and yes. that he was the caretaker for, mm-hmm. I think that they had quite a bit to do with his process as an actor for getting into character. And mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? For How does one have a pet shark or a pet crocodile? Does he pet them? Does he? Do they love him? I think they loved him, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I want to play this clip real quick. Um, this is from 
bad lieutenant, port of call, New Orleans. About 20 minutes. Who else? His girlfriend, at least one infant. That's as far as we know. What are these fucking iguanas doing on my coffee table? They ain't no iguana. Yeah, there are. There ain't no iguana. What the fuck is that? It's fucking iguana. Thank you. And so what he's what are you saying there? He says, what are these fucking iguanas doing on my coffee table? What he's talking about there is the method that he is utilizing. See, like he he references animals. He uses animals to draw his performance from. Do you see what I'm saying? I guess so. Yeah. Well, he's big into that. Mm hmm. And I want to play another clip to show the softer side of Nicolas Cage. Because a lot of people, like I said, unfortunately, in the world today, yeah. if you say the name Nicolas Cage, yes. people already start to snicker. I see a lot of snickers, a lot of, a lot of faces from people, and that's too bad. But Nicolas Cage isn't about that. He doesn't take himself too seriously. And I want to play a quote right now mm -hmm. from a little movie called Face Off. Here's a quote. Thank you. Why don't you actually play the quotes? Well, I don't have them. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got to get them. Because I can't. It'd be well, no, he played them. But, but I want have to pretend like we heard it. No, I know, but I want to actually hear it. Okay, I'll fill you in. Okay. Okay, so he says, if I were to send you flowers, where would I? No, let me rephrase that. If I were to send, if I were to let you suck my tongue, would you be grateful? <laughs> face off, Nicholas Cage and face off. Yeah. So, so wait, is it Nicholas Cage or is it Johnny John Travolta pretending to be Nicholas Cage? I don't have the I don't have that information. <laughs> it could be either. Any of those quotes could be from the other actor. Okay, got yeah, it. you have to you have to yeah, do me a little bit of Got it. Give got me it. a little bit of leeway. Okay. Cuz I yeah, I, I do not have the answer to that at all. Um, but he, we're talking about a guy who got an Oscar, uh, uh, got an Oscar. An Oscar? He got an Oscar. An Oscar. For best actor in a leading role in 1996. For what? For the very famous movie Leaving Las Vegas. Okay. Which he turned down. A major role, a starring role, in Dumb and Dumber, <coughs> to take. Wow! Yeah. Look at that. And then he gets an he gets an Oscar. Why are you calling it an Oscar? Well, that's what he got. It's an Oscar. Right, and he got that for leaving Las Vegas. Yeah. And then we're talking like twenty years later, this cat's in like Wicker Man too. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I think that, and what I'm trying to get at with this entire summation, yes. is that Nicolas Cage does not take himself so seriously. Right. You think he was kind of a little bit jealous that he didn't do Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, probably. I think I think he was he look, like, looking back. Yeah. But then he also got an Oscar from his decision. Right. So I think ultimately, probably made the right call. So yeah, we're going to take a break right now. And then what are we going to do when we come back? We're going to talk about uh, Nicolas Cage. Uh, more about Nicolas Cage when we return. Can't wait. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you, I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. 
whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We just want to take a break to tell you to like, thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you want to rate it, that would be really awesome for us. Like, Listen, we're on break. We're not talking to you like podcast hosts right now. We're just talking to you like people. As a friend. And we just want to say, please rate the show because it helps out a huge amounts. Like, we're not desperate. We're like kind of desperate. We're giving shout outs right now to all the people who are giving it ratings. So huge shout out right now to Brian Jorgensen. That was sick of you, dude. Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout out right now to Mark. Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut. Back to our podcast. Jenny Bly. Hey, back to our podcast. In Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven. Thank you for supporting the show. <laughs> okay, welcome back to the shit that they don't tell you podcast. Um, he, he, he was named, China, China named him the best global actor in 2013. He invented his own acting style called Nouveau Shamanic. He bought a dinosaur skull for 300 grand. A dinosaur skull? Yes. Okay. <laughs> he, he will be buried in a nine-foot pyramid. 
He once pulled a few teeth out so he could play a Vietnam veteran in a movie called He's reading fun facts about he Nick Cage? He once woke up to find a naked stranger in, sitting in his bed. Well, haven't we and all? we're talking about Nicolas Cage. Haven't yeah. we all? That's right. We're talking about Nicolas Cage. That was my that was my intro coming back from the break. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, you like that? I love it. Thanks. Who else would we be talking about? I mean, nobody. I can nobody really. Yeah. Wait, how how is he legally allowed to buy a dinosaur skull? So him and Leonardo DiCaprio were bidding on it, uh-huh. and then uh, Nicolas Cage won. Well, of course, because yeah. Nicolas Cage wouldn't stop even if he found out that he couldn't even afford it. Oh, I, yeah, that's what I thought you're. Yeah, that's what I thought yeah. you were gonna say. Is like, of course, Nicolas Cage wouldn't stop because he's worse with money than Leonardo DiCaprio, right, which exactly. is obvious. Yeah. Yeah, which is obvious. Leonardo DiCaprio's like, oh yeah, I probably can't afford it at this point. And, yeah, d- and Nick Cage can. is like, I can afford anything I want, and then goes bankrupt. Exactly. Um, yeah, dinosaur school, man, that's crazy. Oh yeah. I read I read this tweet the other day. It was like, um, people have been making dinosaur sounds. They never even heard a dinosaur. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Just, why is that? People just made up how dinosaurs sound. That's hella true. It's like uh, like uh, Steven Spielberg took like a, a squeaky gate at, at Universal and turned that into the Tyrannosaurus Rex roar. Did yeah. you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, like they just took a squeaky ass gate and just like, you know, morphed it obviously with yeah, like yeah. techniques and shit and they turned that into the roar. It's like, yeah, that's what a freaking Tyrannosaurus sounds like, I guess. <coughs> we know we really know shit. So they like Jurassic Park like established how we think dinosaurs sound basically. What if dinosaurs just... Like sounded like your dad coughing. Well, like or, or remember, you know how like tortoises have sex. It's like, it's like ah. Oh yeah. Ah. That's and true. like you would never guess that that's what no. sound would come out. Yeah, if we didn't like, know. Like what if dinosaurs sounded like that? That would be just more like ah. It's less cinematic. <laughs> I will say. They sound like unicorns. It's a lot less cinematic, <laughs> and that's maybe why. Um, but yeah, Nicolas Cage famously told uh, David Letterman one time. Yeah, this is one of my favorite quotes about Nicolas Cage he said um because David Letterman was asking him if he drank uh beer when he was in high school and um Nicolas Cage said that one time he and his cat devoured a bag of mushrooms that had been in his refrigerator so that wasn't even the question that was asked yeah the, yeah he answered <laughs> it he answered it about a bag of mushrooms uh-huh and a question about beer I see yeah that's badass He's a badass guy, you know yeah. what I'm saying? He he just he moves the beat of his own drum. And right. I and I feel like he's he's um he's undirectable in a way where I think that um cuz they always say like what is an actor, right? You're an actor, mm-hmm. right? What 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 is your job as an actor, you think, mm, when you're in a movie? It's to create a, a real space out of the imaginary world of the script. Um and you would you say that you're trying to execute a particular vision? Sure. Yeah, like whatever the director's vision is, you're trying to execute. Yeah, you're trying right? to make this world that someone else has created come to life in the way that they. Yeah, the way that they saw it. Yeah. Yeah. So how come, like, you know, Nicolas Cage worked with probably seventy directors, and he kind of does the same thing in every one of them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like because they paid too much for him. Well, probably. Well, the producers paid for him. But I feel like he, um, I think he's one of the only real artists out there, because he he will not. Um, whatever their vision is, the director's vision is, Nicolas Cage is like, I get what you're saying, but I should probably also like just destroy this table. And they're like, okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because he has, he, he has his own technique for how he's going to get it done. Right. And, and, and what I, and what I really think <clears throat> to me, this is all about is 
how life hits you, taking things less seriously based on the circumstances of your situation. Because sometimes you kind of get forced to be humble. Right? Yeah. Like he wasn't doing, you know, Sorcerer's Apprentice because he thought the script was kick ass. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he did. I doubt it. Okay. Maybe he was doing kick ass because he thought the script was kick ass. Yeah. Because that was pretty good. Sure. That was a good script. That was good. Right. But I don't think that I don't think he would have been in a lot of things that we've seen him in lately. Mm-hmm. Inc- maybe including Mandy, but maybe not. If not for his spending habits, right, and the destructiveness of his own, you know, financial. So it's what's com- what comes out when his back's against the wall. Exactly. Is this art? <coughs> exactly right. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, so I just think that. <coughs> what do you think? Um, I'll wait for you. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. What do you think uh, Samuel L. Jackson's motives are for taking the movies he takes? Because he's a good actor. I think that. But he, you know, the choices. Well, are you saying that he's not in good movies? I think the choices are interesting. Because I think he only is in pretty good stuff. Like every MasterCard commercial I've seen him in is probably the best MasterCard <laughs> commercial I've seen. Like I don't think he does a lot of things for money. I think he does. He's actually talked about it before. I think you're misquoting him. Okay. Yeah, Google I would love it. to see that quote. Google it. Are you are you saying that he um, does things for money? Yeah, pay, paychecks to paycheck. I haven't seen that information. Well, I can't verify it if you don't Google it. But wait, wait. Okay, but I on. thought I heard that, and like like snakes on a plane. It's like funny. Like he, I think he is self aware. Well, snakes on a plane was also a movement movie. I mean, that was a funny movie. Yeah. Didn't he say he wouldn't be in it unless they called it Snakes Six on a plane. plane? Yeah, yeah. They were going to change his like Flight 268 or yeah. some shit, and he was like, absolutely not. It's called Snakes on a Plane. Yeah. And then they reshot a bunch of shit, and they added him added saying- Added Well, no, because the internet started to say like, oh, he better say like, I've had it with these snakes on this motherfucking, motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> and then he w- and then they reshot they did the re- movie to a add that scene? in. Yeah. That's funny. Mainly because they were like, oh shit, this movie's getting way more attention than we thought. Uh. So we'll put a little bit more money in it. So yeah, um, are you telling me that uh, he did the movie The Hitman's Bodyguard for money? I don't know. Samuel L. Jackson. Are you telling me he did the movie- Every movie's for money. Shaft 2 for money. <laughs> are you telling me he did the movie uh, Moose for money? I've never even heard of that movie. Well, it's a TV short and he's oh, the narrator. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> are you telling me he did the short Tyrannosaurus Funk for money? I think not. You know- I don't think the more that you're rattling those off, you know, you're right. I think it's all art. Are you telling me he was in Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage for a thing called money? I don't think so. Samuel L. Jackson is an artist. Yeah. Much in the same way that Nicolas Cage is. It's just that he's never had the financial ruin to put his back against the wall to really get him in some interesting stuff. I think Samuel L. Jackson already did his. He already was doing that. Yeah, he already paid his penance in a way. Yeah. So what happened to Elijah Wood, do you think? Oh, because he, he was in Lord of the Rings, yeah, the, the trilogy, one of the highest grossing things of all time, yeah. And then well, now he, he's, you know, well, he he like came out about that uh, child pedophilia ring in oh, Hollywood, I remember that. and then then now he's not working. And then he's on Wilfred. Next thing he knew, he's on Wilfred. <laughs> no, this Wilfred was before that he he oh, talked about right. that. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, because he was saying that him and um, you know, all those the all the Corys. the Corys were all getting run through that. Yeah, but yeah. he got protected. From it. Right, like his parents were. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, true shit. That's crazy. That's crazy, bud. Dang. Well, um, 
I want to thank everybody for listening to Nicolas Cage. Wait, wait. Can I ask you some things no, about Nicolas Cage? You're more than welcome to. Like, I was about to wrap it up. Well, what's your favorite moment with Nick, of the two Nicolas Cages, the before and the after? Well, he was kind of always doing it. Um, I think that now he takes a lot more risks than he used to. Yeah. But like we were talking about during the break, I mean, everything he did in Moonstruck was like pretty much directly... Like you could look at that the shit, shit he does now, and look at the shit he did in Moonstruck. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah. He just looks much younger then. Do you think that there's something that Nick Cage would have told himself that he wish he would have known? Yeah. I mean, don't buy real estate in Malibu. Don't buy real estate <laughs> in the Everglades. Don't buy real estate, you know, in the south of France. I mean, in Bermuda. Don't buy two islands off of the Bahamas. I think he'd make a lot of different decisions. He could buy one of those. He'd be like, what? He'd be like, yeah, maybe when you buy a shark, buy like a baby shark. (laughs) Don't buy a whole shark. Well, the baby shark would turn into an adult shark. No, the baby sharks that you can have in your tank. Oh, you mean the little baby sharks? The little baby sharks. Like the ones that stay forever babies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The little cute guys that stay forever babies. All right. Yeah. Well, that's this has been enlightening and a great way to end the year of shit they don't tell you. Thank Th- you. That was a lot of shit I didn't know about Nicolas Cage. Is there anything else that you would you would that you wish that you knew about Nicolas Cage, real quick? Um, before we leave. Yeah, I, I wish I, I wish I knew um, his his philosophies on life. I well from straight from his mouth. Maybe. I'd also like to know what his favorite color is. I don't have that information. Yeah, no I one does. No one does. Lack it. No one does. Yeah, I wish I sorry guys, I don't have that one. If you're wondering what his favorite color is, I have no I idea. Um there's also a very famous I think orange. There's a popular subreddit called One True God, which follows Nicolas Cage like a religion. Mm. Yeah, so these are all devoutees of of Cage and they Are they, you part of that? Make sure I that you have, know about it. I have been there. You've dabbled. I've dabbled there, yeah. I'm not sure I'm a believer, but I understand right. what they're getting at, and I think that there's some. There's you're a lot of history. Not, you're there. not into religion in general, so, right? So like, but I think there's a lot of history there where like they've found Nicolas Cage photographs of him in the 1800s and stuff, and they found like, <laughs> like oh, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, they found like cave paintings of of Nicolas Cage like in the <laughs> you know Myanmar and stuff. So like, there's definitely documentation. So I can't just say like, hey, this religion is not real. Like, there's definitely like historical documentation like that that's irrefutable. Yeah. So I I don't look at it like that. They found a picture of Angelina Jolie from the 1800s too, and she looks exactly the same. See, there you go. So yeah, I don't want to. I mean, it's like it's like when I was talking to my dad about Jesus when I was a kid, and he's like, "Well, Jesus actually existed. Like all this other shit's bullshit because it didn't exist." And I'm like, "Well, that's there you go. Historical perspective, right? I mean, we know we have all this, right? You can see the picture of Nicolas Mm -hmm. Cage in the 1800s. Like you can see the cave painting of Nicolas Cage. Like it's not." Like these are not up for debate; these are just the facts, right? You know well, what I'm the, saying. So, what's their religion? Oh, that they worship Nicolas Cage, and that they worship. Um, but he, they think he's the one true God. They think that he is God. But he was in the he. The, these pictures are from the 1800s. What, AD? <clears throat> yeah, of what's course. The, what's the AD? Not stand? 1800 BC. What's the AD stand for? <clears throat> Anno Domini. How do you not know this? Hmm? Anno Domini. Well, some people say it's after death of Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. But yeah, no, it's AD for Anno Domini. And yeah, we know they're, they're, you can look at them up. You can look at them up right now. 
You can look them up. If you want. All right. I don't want. Um, I would like to leave now. Yes. With a quote too. from Nicolas Cage. Oh, okay. Which I think um, surmises life and existence in a way that I think is a nice thing. Okay, go and ahead. So we'll leave you guys with that quote and that will be our final thought for the day. Our, our combined final thought? I think so. Sure. So thanks for listening. And here it is. A quote from Nicolas Cage to take you guys into the new year. I mean, I'll bet no one ever threw a pie at like Harriet Tubman, the founder of the Underground Railroad. I'll bet you a million fucking dollars. Which is from uh, the movie The Weatherman. <laughs> All right. You happy? I'm very happy. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app. Or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Hey, I'm Nolan Sykes, a host of Past Gas, the number one automotive podcast in the world. Every week, my co-hosts, James Pumphrey, Joe Weber, and I bring you some of our favorite stories from the hollowed halls of car history. From the amazing to the weird to the utterly unforgettable moments, we cover it all. Join us as we take a look at the wild stories and larger-than-life characters behind legendary cars and car makers. So if you love cars or just like a good story, check out Past Gas by Donut Media, the number one automotive podcast in the world.